Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is to create moments that change lives. We pray that these weekly messages will be a moment in your day that leads to a change in your life. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. Man of God, we've been talking to the men in the house. Now, I don't want any of the ladies to, to be left out today. So I want to talk for just a minute to the ladies in the house. In fact, let me hear from all. Do we have any women of God in the house? Come on, can I hear from the ladies today? I mean, we got some powerful women of God in the house today. And I thought I'd start by asking you a question. All the ladies in the house today, how many of you ladies, like when, you, when, when your man, maybe your husband, or maybe your husband-to-be, how many of you like get really excited, really fired up when they are like just super passive and super laid back, super just kind of couch potato, sit back, don't really have much aim, focus, or direction, just play video games all day long? How many ladies in the house get super fired up about that? Come on. None of the ladies. Okay, one. One of the ladies. One. One. Now, I, don't, I didn't expect anybody to get fired up. Now, how many ladies in the house today, like when you see your man, your husband, your husband-to-be, when you see them passionate, when you see them with focus and direction, when you see them taking a hold of things in life and leading the family, when you see them maybe even a little bit dangerous, maybe having a little bit of a, come on, how many ladies in the house can get a little bit fired up and want to kiss all day when you see that? Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about this idea of taking hold. Everybody say, take hold. Take hold. We've been talking about what it looks like to be a man of God. And Paul talks about this in this passage that really has been kind of our key verse for the whole series. Let's look at it again in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 11. Paul's talking to Timothy and he says, but you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, Love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith and what? Everybody say these words. And take hold of the eternal life to which you are called. Paul calls Timothy a man of God. He says, I want you to be not just a man of business, not just a man of recreation, not just a man of football or fun or or all those. No, I want you to be a man of God. And as a man of God, this is what you're going to do. You're going to flee and pursue. We talked about that in the first week. You're going to fight the fight. We talked about that uh, in the second week. And then Pastor Darius, come on, did he do a great job talking about that last week? And then he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take hold. I want you to take hold of the things that matter. I want you to be a person that is filled, a man that is filled with passion. I want you to be a man that is in pursuit. I want you to be a man who is living your life on purpose, taking hold of the things that really matter in life. Now, here's what I've noticed. When I look around at men in our society today, there's, there's not a whole lot of passion. Maybe, maybe there's some passion for their football team, or maybe there's some passion for their favorite video game or their favorite hobby, but there's not a whole lot of passion for the things that really matter. When I look around at men today, what I see is that there are actually two kind of opposite types of men that I want to, I want to take a minute and just kind of look at today. If you're taking notes, we're going to write these down. The first, the first kind of man that I see when I look around a lot today is I see some kind of passive men. Everybody say passive. When it comes to things that matter, 
When it comes to spiritual things, when it, when it comes to leading our family, when it comes to stepping up and, and living a life of purpose, what I see a lot of times in men is I see that they're really just kind of passive, kind of just sit back and kind of let things happen. And it's not just a now problem. It's actually something that's been happening from the very beginning of time. In fact, how many remember the creation story, right? Now, if you're, if you're new to church and you don't know the story, that's okay, I'll tell you. In the beginning, the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth, and then, and then he created man, and he created man first. Now, why did he create man first? Well, I think it's because he didn't want the woman to give him any advice, you know what I'm saying? I actually told that joke to Amber, and she was like, no, 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 that's not why. He created, <laughs> that's not even funny. She said, he, he created, you know, man first, because then he said, uh, I think I can do better than that. And then he created a woman. Did I get out of the doghouse with the ladies there? I don't know why he created man first and woman second. Here, here's what I know, though. He created man, and then he created out of, you put Adam to sleep out of his rib, he created, he created woman and he put him in the garden and he said, all of this is yours to enjoy. Like, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. I want you to subdue the, the earth. I want you to, I want you to, to live in this garden and anything that you want in this garden, you can have for yourself, except for what? Except for the one thing, right? The tree, the one tree that you are not to eat of. You had anything else, but you can't, you, you don't eat from this tree. And then what happened? Well, the enemy, Satan, the serpent came and he began to tempt Eve. And he says, oh, God didn't really say, go ahead and take a bite from the tree. And of course, we, we know what happened. What happened is that Eve, she took and she ate and then Adam ate with her, right? And when, when you look at it, like what was, what was Eve's sin? I think Eve's sin was a sin of rebellion, right? God said, and she didn't want to do what God said, and so she did what she wanted to do instead. And that's a pretty, that's a pretty big sin, a sin of rebellion. But Adam also had a sin in that moment. And what was his sin? It wasn't necessarily a sin of rebellion. It was more a sin of passivity. Because here's what I want you to notice. Where was Adam when all of this was happening? Well, let's look at it in the passage in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. It says, And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took and she ate some. And she also gave some to her, to her husband who was what? Who was... With her. Where was he when all of this is happening? He's right there. And what did he do? Nothing. He's right there. He didn't step up and say, well, God didn't say, God said we shouldn't do that. Or, or God has better for us. Or that's not the way that, that we should be doing in our family. We should be following the commands of God who created us. No, no. He didn't do any of that. What did he do? He just sat there and let it happen. And guys, can I tell you so many times, this is, this is our greatest sin. Of course, we see men who step up into rebellion and do things that they shouldn't do. And we talked about that earlier in the, in the series that, you know, when we don't fight for something, we fight against everything. And we see that. But you know what? In Christian men, you know, what one of the greatest sins is a lot of times is that not that we're in rebellion. It's just that we're not doing anything. Like we're not stepping up and we're not leading. We, we kind of live in this kind of passive type of a, of a life. In fact, it reminds me of these guys in Psalm 78 and verse 9. They were called the warriors of Ephraim. And I want you to see what it says about these warriors, the warriors of Ephraim. In verse number 9, it says, the warriors of Ephraim, 
Though fully armed, they turned their backs and they fled when the day of battle came. Well, think about it. Here's these guys who are warriors. They're fully armed to do battle. But when the moment of battle came, the Bible says, what did they do? They turned their back. And I wonder if there are a lot of Christian men that this is kind of that, that this is kind of how they live, that God created you to be a warrior. He created you to do battle, to fight the fight, to do what God has called you to do for the kingdom of God, for your family, to, to advance forward the things of, of God in our world around us. But when the moment of battle comes, so many, so many times we're ready, we're dressed, we know how to do battle, but instead of stepping into the battle, we just kind of turn our backs. How many men maybe are here today that, that your family needs you? Like they need you to step up and be the warrior, to be the man of God, to be the leader of your family, but you, you got your back turned. How many dads in the room today that your, your children, they, they need you to lead them, they need you to pour into them, they need you to be the godly example, but, but you're watching the game. How many businessmen in the room today that, that maybe your business, something's going on that shouldn't be happening in your business and you see it and you know it, but you're like, man, I don't really want to rock the boat. I really don't want to cause any problems. I'll just, I'll let somebody else take care of that. How many families are in a struggle financially and you're going into debt and you're, you're sinking in that area, but you know, dad's like, well, I don't want to tell my kids no. And I, you know, I, I really kind of want to go on that trip. And, and I don't really want to tell my wife that we can't do that or can't have that. And we go deeper and deeper and deeper into debt. And it's not because we're doing something rebellious. It's really just because we're being passive. The time comes to fight, but our backs are turned. And this is a big issue for men. I'll tell you, it, it can be an issue for me sometimes, just being truly honest. Like, I'm 46 years old and I have... A, a six-year-old kid, you know? And, you know, when my girls were six, I was a lot younger and had more energy and didn't get quite so tired. And there are days when I come home from work and, and I'm tired and Easton needs my attention and he's, you know, he's saying, Dad, look at this. And, and I really just want to sit back and just, I want to look at my phone. I want to look at the TV. I, you know what I'm saying? And guys, you know what I'm talking about. And so many times, like, like in the moment when we're needed the most, we're tired, or we're worn, or we're weary, and sometimes we can just sit back and just kind of be, kind of be passive. Now, I, don't, I, don't, I know I'm kind of getting on to the guys here for a minute, so let me get on to the ladies for just a minute, all right? I asked if there were any lady warriors in the house, and all of you said, woo, yeah, okay, so let's talk to you for just a second. Your part to play in this is a lot bigger than you actually realize or know as well. Because ladies, here, what, here's what I want you to hear today, is that your man is becoming what you say and think and believe about him. And you find a man who is passionate and a man who is going after God and a man who is leading and living with purpose. And I'm telling you, almost every time, you're going to find next to that man a woman who loves him and calls out the greatness in him and speaks good things over him. And so many times you find, come on, guys, this is where you should be amen because I'm, I'm talking to help you here today. So many times when you find a guy who's passive and laid back and doesn't want to step up and lead and do anything, a lot of times what you're going to find is you're going to find that there's a woman who's not next to him but behind him going, you don't have what it takes and you seem to mess up all the time and I don't know if I can really count on you. 
Because see, our, ladies, our, your men are going to become what you say about them and what you call out in them. And, and let me just tell you, like in my own life personally, if I'm, if I'm good at anything, it's because I have an incredible woman who cheers me on and who says, man, I believe in you and you can, I, you can do it. And I'm praying for almost every Sunday, I'll, I'll kiss her and say, hey, it's time to go. I got to go because she comes a little later than me because I'm studying and stuff. And she'll say, I'm praying for you today. I know you're going to do great today. And if I'm anything, it's because of that. Because here's the thing, that she's seen me in my worst, right? Like she sees me in my Sunday best, but she also saw me this morning when I got up, my hair was a mess. And like, she's seen me in my worst moments, right? And so if the woman who knows me in my days of weakness, in my worst moments, in those times when I'm not very proud of myself, if that woman who knows me better than any of y'all still believes in me and still thinks that I can do it and still thinks that I'm great and still thinks that I am called and still thinks that God can use me, then guess what? If she's seen me in my worst and she still believes in me, then maybe I can do it. But if that woman who knows me the best looks at me and goes, I don't know if you got what it takes. Man, you disappointed me last time. Not really sure if you still got it. Guess what is going to happen? I'm going to want to step back and be passive and go, I don't like, I don't know if I can do it because the woman who loves me the most didn't encourage me the most. In fact, let me just, let's say it like this. There's a difference in what men need and what women need in a relationship. How many would agree with me on that? In fact, I'm gonna attempt a little bit here, ladies. I'm not a lady, so I don't know. But I'm gonna attempt, I think I can kind of say what probably the ladies need from their men, all right? Help me out, ladies. If I'm, if I'm right on this, say amen. If I'm wrong, then don't say anything. Just, you know, okay. <laughs> Ladies, how many of you, most of you, like this is what you need from your man. You need them to tell, they, you need to know that they love you, right? That they cherish you and that, that they honor you. That, and it's not just this, it's not just that they love you, but it's, it's that they love you today. How, am I right, ladies? In fact, guys, I'm going to help you on this, all right? Like, they don't just want to know, do you love me? They want to know, do you, do you still love me today? Because here's the thing that I know is that I can, do, I can have a good day. I can rack up tons of points. I can do the dishes without even being asked. I can help get Easton ready for school. I can tell Amber how beautiful she is and how, how I love her hair and her makeup looks wonderful today and all that is good but here's what I know at 12 o'clock midnight all of those points just miraculously (laughs) evaporate how many ladies you know I'm talking about right everything starts over again because they want to know do you love me today am I on track right now ladies let me tell you guys need something different they don't need to know do you love me Here's what they need to know. Do you believe in me? Do you respect me? Do you think what I have, that I have what it takes? And it's, it, I think it's a lot like the ladies. It, it's not, I just need to know it once. I need to know it, not just today. I need it this hour, you know? <laughs> Do you respect me? Do you believe in me? Do I have what it takes, right? And here's the deal. Ladies, if you want your man to step up and be a passionate man, Like, here's what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to be their biggest cheerleader. You're going to have to get behind them and not just behind them, but beside them. And you're going to have to tell them consistently, I believe in you. You have what it takes. You can do it. Like, I I feel it and see it in you. And some of you ladies are going, but I I don't know if I really do respect them because they've blown it. They've messed up. And here's what I would say to that. At one time, you did. Otherwise, you wouldn't be married to them. (laughs) 
or you wouldn't be with them, right? And so maybe they have made mistakes and maybe you don't feel the same, like the same respect and honor for them that you did at one time. But maybe if you begin to speak that into them and begin to call that out of them, they might begin to once again step up into being that man of God that God called them to be because the things that you speak in them and over them have the power to raise them up to new levels. And so, guys, God has called us to be not passive, but to step out and to be passionate. And ladies, God has called you to call that out of your men, right? So there's the, there's the passive men. But then this is what I believe God has called men of God to be. He's called us to be passionate. Everybody say passionate. To be passionate men. And man, when I think about passionate men, here's what I think about. I think about Jesus Jesus was a man who was full of passion, that everything that he did and everywhere that he went, he was not passive, but he, he had purpose with every step that he took, with every word that he said, with the life that he lived. He was, he was moving forward with purpose and passion and taking hold of the things that are eternal. In fact, we see this in John chapter two and verse number 13. We, we alluded to this earlier in this series, but let's look at the passage. In verse 13, it says, and it was nearly time for the, pas- for the Jewish Passover celebration. So Jesus went to Jerusalem. And in the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle and sheep and doves for sacrifice. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. And Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them out of the temple. You talk about passionate, right? He's not being passive. He's like, this ain't happening in God's house, right? He drove out the sheep and the cattle and scattered the money changers and coins over the floor and turned over their tables. And then going over to the people who sold the doves, he told them, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Verse 17 is what I want you to see. Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scripture that passion for God's house will consume him. Well, you talk about a passionate man. Passion for God's house is what consumed his life. So much so that when he went into God's house and he saw this is not the way God intended it, he couldn't just sit back passively and say, ah, just let it happen. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to cause any trouble. I don't want anybody to be upset with me. No, the passion and the purpose came out with him so much that he couldn't sit back and do nothing. Like he had to do something because the passion for the house of God consumed him. And man, this is the kind of passion that I'm talking about. Like not sitting back passively as things are happening in our family or in our world. or in, No, no, no. Being able to step forward and go like, hey, somebody's got to do something. Maybe it's me that needs it because there's such a passion and a purpose that I live with. In fact, here's what I see a lot of times is that the reason that men are not passionate for the things of God and passionate for so many other things is because they really don't understand their purpose. Everybody say purpose. Men, there's a purpose that God has called you to live for. And there are individual purposes that he gives us. And, you know, there, there are going to be callings that God puts in your life that are going to be individual to you. But when I look at men throughout the scripture, here's what I see is I really see that there are two main purposes that God has called us to be passionate about. If you're taking notes, you can write them down. Letter A is this, is that he has given us someone to protect. Everybody say protect. Guess what, guys? Here's what you ought to be passionate about. 
This is the purpose that you are called to live for. You are called to be a protector. As a man of God, you're not called to live for yourself. Let me just tell you something. If you're living for yourself, you're gonna live a very unfulfilled life. But when you realize, guys, that, hey, there, is, there are people in my life that God has called me to protect, that's when you step up and begin to live passionately about that purpose because there are the people that God has put under our protection. In fact, when I think about this, I think about Nehemiah. We talked about him earlier in the series that, that God put it in Nehemiah's heart to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that had been broken down. And because they'd been broken down, the, the people of Israel, they were, I mean, they were in despair and they were incredibly vulnerable to outside attack. And so the walls needed to be rebuilt. And Nehemiah said, I'm a man of God. I'm gonna do what God has called me to do. I'm gonna rebuild these walls, but I can't do it by myself. And so he began to try to recruit others to come, other men to help him to rebuild the walls. And notice, what he used to recruit them. He didn't go and say, hey guys, I got this great opportunity for you. And man, it's gonna be an opportunity for advancement. You can make lots of money and you can get that chariot that you've been, you know, you had your eye on the one made by, you know, the electric one made by Elijah Musk. Come on, see what I did there? Like, all right, all right. We'll see if that one makes it into the second service. I don't know. That's not what he said. Look what he said. Check this out. In verse number, Nehemiah 4 and verse 14, Nehemiah said, I stood up and I said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for what? For your families and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. How did he challenge them? He said, guys, you are called as men of God to be protectors. And we're going to build walls that are going to protect the people that we love. We're going we're to protect our families and we're going to protect our homes and we're going to protect our wives and we're going to protect our children because this is who God made us to be. And some of you men here today, that's what God is going to call you to do, to, be, to step up and be the protector of your home. Some of you are going, well, I don't have a home. I don't, I'm not married. I don't have children. Guess what? There are still people for you to protect Maybe it's, your, maybe it's your elderly mom or your aging uh, you know, family members or maybe it's your niece and your nephew that don't have a dad in, your in their home and you're gonna step in and go, I'm gonna be the man of God in their life. Maybe some of you would look around and you go, man, there's teenagers that are around here at the church and maybe some of those teenagers don't have a dad in their life or don't have a, a male figure in their life and I'm gonna step up and of course I'm gonna go through the right channels and I'm gonna talk with Pastor Max and I'm gonna do all of the stuff that I need to do to be a leader, but I'm gonna step up and I'm gonna be a leader. I'm gonna lead a small group with these, with these young men so that I can be a mentor or a role model in their life. Or maybe some of you guys would look around and you go, man, look at all these kids that are around here at the church and maybe I can could influence them. Maybe I could, maybe I could protect them. And so you're going to get with Pastor Cassie and you're going to do all the process. And then you're going to go, Hey, we're not going to just be a church where we let all the ladies do all the work with the little kids. No, we need some men back there that are teaching our children to be men of God. Come on. Maybe you would say, I have a heart for those orphans in Jamaica. So I'm going to get on that missions team and I'm going to go and I'm going to serve them and I'm going to protect them and I'm going to love them. Guys, here's the deal is that God has called us to be protectors. If you're a husband in this place, you are called to be the protector of your spouse, of your wife. And not just to protect her physically, but protect her heart, to protect her emotionally. You know what that means? That means that you're going to honor her, cherish her. You're going to keep yourself for her, just like we said that we would do on that day when we got married, right? You're going to keep your eyes pure. You're going to make sure that you're protecting her heart because that's what men of God do. If dad's in the house, you're the protector of your family. 
And not just physically. Like you're the protector spiritually. You're the protector emotionally of your children. Like God has called you to raise, raise you up to be that kind of man in your house. Like you are, let me say it like this, guys, fathers in the place, you are the pastors of your home. So that means I'm not just locking the doors at night and making sure, you know, I got the gun in the safe or whatever. No, it means I'm protecting my children spiritually. And I'm going to stand up for the word of God and we're going to teach our children the principles and the things of God. And we're going to make being in church a priority so that our children learn the things of God. And we're going to say, hey, there's some standards that we live by in our home that other people don't, they don't believe that. But this is what we believe in our home. And there are going to be some times when it's everybody else is doing it. And you know, your teenager is going to be mad if you tell them they can't do it. But you're going to say, you know what, I don't want you to be mad at me. But this is just not how we live in our home because we're Bensons or we're whatever. And this this is who we are and this is how we live and I'm going to like because guys we're going to be the we're going to be the protectors of our home right so as men of God we have somebody to protect but then notice the last one in all hurry is that we've got a kingdom to advance look at this check this out Matthew chapter 11 verse 12 it says from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and what forceful men do what lay hold of it Notice that it doesn't say little sissy men, right? It doesn't say little passive men. They're just going to sit back and let it happen. No, what does he say? It says the kingdom of God is advancing. And here's how it's going to advance. Because forceful men are going to lay hold of. They're going to take hold of the things that matter. They're going to take hold of the things that are eternal. See, men, you are called to be kingdom advancers. You are called to be builders. Like, this is the reason that, we, that men, we want to build something. We want to build a business. Or we want to build a house. Or we want to, like, like build our, you know, our fantasy football team, whatever. We want to be successful. Why? Because this is in us. God made us this way. He made us to win. The problem is so many men, here's what happens, is we win at the wrong things. We build the wrong kingdom. And God says, no, no, no. Forceful men are called to build the kingdom of God. In fact, I like what somebody said. Before we can pray, Lord, your kingdom come, we must be willing to pray, God, my kingdom go. Wow. Guys, some of you are gonna have to take some evaluation today and go, whose kingdom am I building? Who am I protecting? Who am I fighting for? At the end of my life, what's gonna be left that really matters? And that's what I'm gonna pour my energy and my time into. I'm gonna take hold of things that I'm not gonna be passive. I'm gonna I'm gonna be passionate about taking hold of the things that really matter. 